Welcome to the Lagan Valley Vineyard Podcast. We are a community passionate about seeing Lagan Valley filled with the presence and the teachings of Jesus. If you would like to connect with us or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, laganvalleyvineyard.com. In Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to just continue our Matthew series. It's pretty appropriate, I think, um, to everything that's going on around us. But I'm going to read this morning, and I'm going to start actually in the last two verses um, of Matthew chapter 7. It says, When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority, not as teachers of the law. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him, and a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift of Mo- that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go when he goes and that one, come when he comes. And I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was truly amazed and said to those following him, Truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very moment. Here in Matthew 8, the Sermon on the Mount uh, is over. And Jesus has come back down the mountain. But he, as far as the wider public are concerned, he has not come down the same. At the end of chapter 7, the text says that people were amazed because he taught as one who had authority. Authority over what, though, is a pretty good question to ask as you reflect on that text. Remember, this whole book is a story of how Jesus proclaimed, demonstrated, and helped the people that were following him to live in the present reality of the kingdom of God. In Matthew 4, he begins his public life by proclaiming, repent for the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God has drawn near or come close to you. I hope you're starting to get bored of hearing me say that the kingdom of God is the place where what God wants happens. And one of the principal effects of the kingdom of God entering into our lives or into a culture is it brings order to chaos. Jesus entered into a world in utter chaos and he proclaimed repent because God's good order is coming near to you. I wonder how many of us feel like things are pretty chaotic right now. Order out of chaos has always been the fruit of life lived in the kingdom of God, but that takes authority. 
I wonder how many of you have children who you would say have PhDs in chaos. Our, our twins can create chaos out of order in the blink of an eye. And we have an expression in our house that seems maybe appropriate for, for Mother's Day. The expression is this, mummy tidy or mummy clean. When our boys get sent to tidy the room, the instruction often is to go and make it mummy tidy. Dana says things like, I am coming up there to check. And if that room is not mummy clean, there will be big trouble. You see, in our house, Dana is the authority on tidy. Dana will say things, sorry, authority is really about who is in charge. That's what authority is all about. Authority is answering the question, who is in charge? And in our house, Dana is the authority on what gets to be called tidy. Those that listened to the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6 and 7 were amazed because it was obvious to them that when it came to bringing chaos into order. When it came to bringing chaos of life into order, Jesus taught them as one who had authority. He taught them as one who was in charge. Matthew 8 and 9 really are a series of stories that demonstrate what they thought or suspected was in fact true. Matthew 8 and 9 are an explanation and demonstration of what it looks like when someone is in charge. Jesus comes down the mountain and large crowds follow him. Verse two, a man with leprosy comes and kneels at his feet and says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. There's so much of this that can be easily missed for us. Just that little word there, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. This is the first time anyone Recorded in scripture refers to Jesus as Lord. Lepers had to take social distancing to a whole new level in their context. They were literally cast out from society. Many believed that their leprosy was a result of their own or their parents' sin. And I'm sure it won't be too long, perhaps it's already begun, before some idiots start proclaiming that coronavirus is God's judgment on the world. If you want to know whether God sends disease for sin, just look at what Jesus does to disease and those afflicted by it in the scriptures. The story of God is quite clear. God doesn't send his judgment. He sends his son. Jesus says, I came not to judge the world, but to save it. And this poor leper has been condemned, cast out of community. He's been told that God has turned his back on him, that he was unclean and that he should go quietly into the wilderness and wait there to die. Pay attention to the leper's question. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. So humble and so bold. I love that the honor of the first person to call Jesus Lord in the New Testament is given to an outcast. That's the kingdom of God right there. The marginalized, the overlooked, the abused and the forgotten get moved from the shadows and get placed in the center. I wonder how many of us feel like we're beyond God in this moment. Or feel like this is the end. My good friend Jasper said this this week. He said, I think the world put God in self-isolation a long time ago. Our hearts and minds have been in spiritual lockdown. We have battened down the hatches of conviction, hidden God in the bottom drawer of our souls. You see, the good news for all of us is God doesn't act like us. 
When we withdraw, he doesn't turn his back. When we run away, he doesn't follow suit. The reality is that when we get lost, he comes and finds us. Watch what happens as we turn to him. He comes running while we are still a long way off. When we turn to him, he runs to us, not with judgment or anger or wrath. He comes running with his mercy, his grace, and his compassion. Lord, if you're able, you can make me clean, the leper says. And then the text says that Jesus reaches out his hand and he touches the man and he says, I am willing, be clean. You can sense the mercy, the love, and the compassion. The reality is that Jesus doesn't need to touch him. You'll see that later in the story when he heals the centurion's servant with a word. We're in a moment where touch is forbidden, not shaking people's hands, no hugs. My mom came over this week to help Dana with some of the homeschooling, and it was so strange that I couldn't kiss her when she arrived. Can you imagine a life without touch? That's what this leper has lived through for years, not just days or weeks or months. What this leper has lived with, rather than just saying the words, Jesus reaches out and touches him. The kingdom of God is the place where what God wants happens and Jesus demonstrates that so visibly he embodies it as he reaches out and he touches that which was called untouchable. He touches him and he says, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leper is healed. The reality for us right now is that we need to reimagine touch. We have never been in greater need of it. Touch says, I see you. That's what touch says. That's what Jesus is doing in that moment. He's not just, okay, well, here's a word and on you go. He stops and he places his hand on the man. He says, I see you. I am willing. Be clean. The reality is, as a whole society, we are headed into a storm. A storm greater than any of us have ever seen before. And more than at any other time in our lives, we need to find ways to see each other and to help each other know that God sees us too. The leper gets healed. Jesus tells him to go and present himself to the temple, to go and make it official. And by the way, he says, don't tell anyone that it happened. I love that. How's the leper who's just got healed supposed to do that? It's like that moment when you walk in on one of your kids with black marker all over their face and you say what happened and with angelic innocence, they smile back and say, I, I, I don't know, as if the marker just somehow magically appeared on their face. Jesus isn't playing games here. He knows that new power always challenges existing power. And existing powers rarely want or welcome challenge. Jesus is trying to keep his power hidden, at least for now. But by the time he gets to the next town, his reputation has obviously gone ahead of him. And he's met by a Roman centurion. The text says that he is there on behalf of one of his servants who is ill. Most scholars agree that it's quite likely the servant was in fact the centurion's wife or child as they were not allowed to marry until they were retired from military service. Families were therefore commonly hidden as servants. And the centurion comes to Jesus on behalf of one he loves. 
I wonder how many of us have been doing that over the past days or weeks or will do that in the coming months. And Jesus again deals with centurion's request with incredible compassion and love. Notice again that the centurion calls Jesus Lord. The insulting nature of these verses is missed on us. The first two people in the Bible to call Jesus Lord are a leper and a Roman soldier. The opposite of the in crowd. God's order is not our order and his kingdom operates differently to ours. Jesus asks the soldier if he wants him to come to his house. The soldier responds, no need. I understand how authority works. I know what it looks like when someone's really in charge. Just say the word and it will happen. Verse 10, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly I say to you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. When we think of the word faith, I wonder what you think that looks like or that means. Faith in the way Jesus is talking about here is much deeper and a much more powerful thing than just kind of some superstitious openness to something being out there. Faith in this text is defined as trust in the authority of Jesus. The centurion's faith is faith that Jesus is who he says he is and that he can do what he says he can do. That Jesus truly has the authority. That he is truly in charge. That in the midst of earthly chaos, he is in charge and that we can access his order in the midst of our chaos. The challenge for us is to ask, what does it mean for us to recognize his authority? What does it mean for us to submit or yield to his authority? What does it mean for us to call him Lord and to live by that? As N.T. Wright says, faith in the New Testament is not belief in the supernatural realm or a general trust in the goodness of some distant divinity. Faith in Christian terms means believing precisely that the living God has entrusted his authority to Jesus himself, who is now exercising it for the salvation of the world. As we finish today, who or what is in charge of your life? And will it stand the storm that's coming? What if we learn to submit to the authority of one who could bring order to chaos, who could break into our fear and our panic and our worry and say, I am willing and I am here. I want to really encourage you as you go into all that you face this week to prioritize beginning and ending your day with that confession, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Come and rule through my life. Be in charge in my life. Be the authority that I depend on. That when the stress and the pressure, when the fear rises, when the anxiety comes, would it be met with your authority? Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you that you are in charge. And that you're not distant. Thank you that you are constantly moving towards us. 
Help us to open our lives to your rule and to your reign in the midst of everything else that's coming. We confess again that you are indeed Lord and we surrender our lives to your authority. Rule through us, we pray. In Jesus' name.